Thanks, guys. Thanks for your faithfulness. So awesome. <sighs> Breathe a little bit. Um, we might actually just do our announcements quietly at the end and might just roll straight into the message if you're all happy with that. I just, um, I really just feel God here just wanting to minister in such a personal way. And, you know, I started, I wanted to start this message actually just with, um, sharing some things with you that came through on the email from um, from our international presidents, from Ashley and Ruth Schmierer. And it came in through the week. And when I was reading it, I was so touched by it. I just really felt the, the family, the connection, the brotherhood of who we are as INC across the globe but even beyond INC, who we are as the church and the season that we're in at the moment. And so I just thought I might just read to you. Has anyone seen it, the, um, the newsletter from Ashley and Ruth? No, it just came through in the week. And um, I just, it sort of just went out to our leadership team and I just said, this needs sharing. It's so stirring. It's so compelling. Just from some of our key areas around the globe. The first one is from Nigeria in Africa. And Pastor Victor and Julian Kings. And Pastor Victor says, being part of international network of churches has significantly influenced our work and circle of influence. Our visit to INC conference in Brighton, UK, was the tonic that helped us bring the needed change that enabled us to reach many young people in our city of Wari. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> also, the impact of the business of the church conference held in 2010 by my spiritual father um, and our INC president encouraged us to look beyond the offering bag in reaching the lost and finding strategies for networking were birthed from that conference. Since that conference, a networking movement of over 1,200 pastors was birthed. The Ebola crisis has plagued many in, in parts of West Africa but is now eliminated in most places. The Boko Haram took control of many northern communities and was on the rise in our nation, but our military has recently recaptured territories under their control, freeing many, and we know that your prayers of support are very much appreciated in that movement. Isn't that touching? I know it's, it's, so, it's, just, it's just someone's email, but I read it and I was captivated that our brothers and our sisters are standing there and you know we see it on the news, we see Ebola, we hear Boko Haram, but... There's people from our family that are standing against that and receiving our prayers and, and taking hold of it. There's a little update on Australia, but most of us know what's been going on in Australia with um, Global Care's Ride to Provide and sending, most notably, I think, lots of things over to Vanuatu to help after the uh, massive tsunami hit there. A 40-foot container filled with roofing iron, tools and supplies went over to that nation and six INC churches are sending teams I'd love to go and help with that, <laughs> I must say. Just keeping your heart right there. I know we're going went straight from worship and into this news updates, but keep your heart there in worship at what God's saying across the globe there. A report from Bangladesh says that they are passionately sharing the good news and that they have won, since January, 3,021 souls for Christ and planted 19 churches, baptising over 100 people 
at each of their 32 water baptism sessions. That's 3,200 people have been baptised into Christ. They're amazing numbers, aren't they? In Bangladesh, currently 252 churches have church members of over 38,021. It's currently, INC is currently the fastest growing church movement in Bangladesh. Horrifically, many children are being trafficked to the borders in this country, but INC is making a real difference in running programs and rescuing children from being trafficked across for body parts. Can you get your head around it? I can't get my head around it. They have Hope House for girls and Hope House for boys. They continue to encourage, to grow, to stretch out. In Bangladesh recently, with all the persecution that's going on, 22 INC church buildings were burnt down. 23 church planters and evangelists were beaten and injured but they are continuing to flourish in that nation that has over 160 million people. It's heavy stuff, isn't it? I can't even imagine it. In Pakistan, in in March of this year, two suicide bombers attacked two churches during the Sunday services. Many were injured and killed. There's now a law being passed in that country that no loudspeakers, whether Muslim or Christian, are allowed to be placed outside, no outside churches. But during, during prayer, Pastor Imran over there received a word from God to move into a new area that has no churches, nothing Christian or other going on, and to begin to hold outside meetings to gather people in. And he petitioned the police over and again, and finally was given permission to hold open-air gospel festival. And let me just read, I'm skipping through. People who were tormented by demons for many years were set free, praise God. They received healing from rheumatism, stomach and eye problems. One woman testified that she had come with a tumour in her throat, but during prayer it disappeared. The Lord added these new believers into churches, and five new churches were birthed from that persistence and from the word of God that came. That's Pakistan. We hear so many different things about Pakistan, but God is moving. In India, my gosh, India. (laughs) Pastor Randeep Matthews has so far this year baptized 42,000 people (laughs) and planted 1,320 new house churches across northern India. City churches have been launched in... Ludhiana, I don't know if I'm saying that right, and Delhi, and plans are underway to soon plant in Mumbai. And a dedicated team has gone up to Nepal. I'm reading it very boringly, I'm sorry, but it stirs me, this stuff. We're sitting here, such a handful of people, but across the globe, God is moving. In Nepal, and this is kind of probably the main bit where my message for today really stirred from, But in Nepal, where they just were struck by that horrendous earthquake, over 8,000 people were confirmed dead, with many thousands more sustaining terrible injuries. The loss of property has been enormous. But Pastor Raju from there says, I'm so thankful for all your prayers and phone calls. Many of us are safe, but we have a lot of damage. 
Our people have lost hundreds of houses and many of their loved ones. He said, I do not know how to respond to this problem. I need all of your prayer and help. I've slept with the children in the open ground. We're now starting to get information from different churches. Try not to cry. He slept with the children in the open ground and he was just one man, overwhelmed by a circumstance that was too big for him, too hard for him to comprehend. But this one man soon mobilised his people in aid of relief and distribution. It says to date they have distributed over 30 tonnes of rice, 15 tonnes of lentils, 10 tonnes of bitten rice, I don't even know what that is, and 27,000 packets of noodles. 5,000 feet of plastic tents for shelter have been provided to 10,000 affected homes, providing temporary shelter and security for families directly affected after this disaster. And Pastor Raju is just so thankful for all the support that he's had from so many people and for the prayers. That one grabbed me the most of all of those. And I just, I began to just look at, you know, we're hearing this highlight reel of all these people that they're sending through what's happened this year and some of the numbers of both salvations and baptisms as well as the destruction is hard to comprehend. It's overwhelming. I can't imagine baptising 42,000 people in six months, but the need is there and these ones that are so faithful have just stood and said, yes, God, I will do it. For every one of us, I think at times we can feel completely overwhelmed by the things that are in front of us or the call of God that stirs in our heart, the dreams and the things that, that are hidden and seeded deep inside us and we think, oh, it's too big. It's too far, it's too much. But God calls us to rise up, to be challenged, to be stirred and to step up. That we're not doing it by ourselves, but in God he's stretching us and calling us to go further. You know, we hear these reports from across the world and it's amazing where the church is positioned. In strength and in persecution, we've got both angles playing out at once across the world. In 2013, a study came out that said Christianity is now the most persecuted people group in the whole world. And that was before the rise of the Islamic State and everything that's happened from there. Christianity in many places of the world is not just an act of faithfulness but of bravery just to step into a church or go near to one. And it's easy for us to sit back and think oh my gosh that's so challenging but you know in Australia our freedom to go to church and our freedom to worship is something we should never take for granted because there's a continuing agenda across the whole world to make Christianity such a estranged and, and secluded thing that we need to be brave and to stand up and to know who we are in Christ because God needs us to just like Pastor Raju in Nepal, every one of us needs to feel stirred to stand up and to take shelter with people around us, to love them, to be near to them. You know, Jesus warned in Matthew 24 that as he talked about the end of the age and all the things that would happen when he spoke of the famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places, which, gosh, there was another one just last night on the news in Malaysia, another big earthquake. 
that these are the beginning of sorrows. He says they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound. As I read that, even this morning, just going over my notes, I thought, not even lawlessness in rioting and anarchy, but just no sense of the law. There's lawlessness in the world at the moment in that there's, there's no clear sense of what's right and what's wrong. There's a very fluid notion in our world at the moment, what law is, what is true and what's the pillar of our society. I thought, gosh, it goes on to say that because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. You know, I got to thinking that that's really a key for us. It's like the Lord just handed me something and said, open this, because when we know what we stand for, when we have our anchor and our truth set in place, when we rest on the law of God, then that love will never go cold. It'll keep the fire in our hearts when we look to our Lord, keep that firm foundation and the plumb line of what we stand for, that that love and the fire will continue to grow and be stirred. It goes on to say, He who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Excuse me. And then the end will come. And it's that last verse, I think, that really was ringing in my spirit, that the gospel will be preached in all the nations, that in all the world as a witness. I thought, we're really being called up in the spirit at the moment. I feel like we're being so stirred to, to make our lives count, to make our lives stand for something. And I'm not talking about going out and you know, bashing people over the head with it, but to really stand up for who we are, to be stirred, to find our giftings and let them be awakened in us, whatever that is. And we're all different. Not everyone's going to be standing and, and speaking directly, but your life will speak in so many ways. If you're an artist, let your art speak and trust the spirit to move through it. If you're, if you're someone who works with your hands and does something physical, then do it unto God and let it speak. I feel like the Lord is, is calling us to look at what stirs you. What part are you in the body of Christ? What moves you? What causes your passion to come alive that makes you want to go further, to press in, to ignite you. You know, there's so much of, you know, we do so much. <laughs> there's so much busyness and there's so much um, just tasks that need to be done. But I really feel it's a time for us to stop and assess personally, just you and God, quite aside from any expectation that's put on you, quite aside from who you think you're supposed to be and what it, things are supposed to look like. And just ask God what it is in you, that unique DNA that he's seeded in you, the unique blueprint that needs to be stirred up and awoken in you for you to take your place in the kingdom. I feel like there's a, a fresh zeal for the church in this time. Did I do that? I know. <laughs> and a fresh fire to be poured out. 
Are you all still with me? You okay? It's hard talking to you, all of me. <laughs> but I, I felt really excited. I know I sort of started with that, that sort of very boring, um, well, it's not boring, it's exciting, but I probably read it out a bit droll. But the, the events happening across the globe, but I thought, God, God is really positioning us. And it's not just out there. I think the main thing I was getting for it is that we're, we're the ends of the earth here to many people. To those ones that are in the Middle East, we are the ends of the earth. To people in India and Nepal, we are so far away. But we can become so familiar because this is us and this is our home. And we can look at what's going on around the world, but I just feel that, that God is saying, you are positioned right where you are for such a reason, for such a purpose. And, and be excited and be inspired by the things happening over the globe. But take up your position right where you are. Be stirred again and, and stand up in it. I, um, as I was praying, I felt the Lord remind me of and confirming a word that I had from him. Um, as we stepped into the new year, actually, and I was, I was really just seeking God for, for a word in season and, and where we were at. And, and as I was praying about this message, this word came back to me. And, uh, and it is about, about being stirred up, but about the sword that's being placed in our hand at the moment as a church for us to take ground. But you need to know your spot. That's, that's sort of the key with it, that you need to know not be looking to other people and, and what they're doing, but who you are. Because as the body all functions together, you know, we're all able ministers of the gospel. We're all equipped for our bit. But there is an ear and there is an arm and there is a toe and there's a knee and there's the, the hidden parts of the, you know, that, that are filtering and doing all sorts of things. So we can't lean on anyone else's calling, but just our own unique place. And I felt like God say, as, as we take that and, and allow it to be okay just to be you and who God created you to be, that he's opening this doorway. The word that I had that I just popped in here, it says, in this season there is an open heaven, favor upon God's people to take dominion, to extend the kingdom and reestablish areas of authority and influence that have been lost or let go dormant. I felt strongly in the spirit a call to cast out the net on the other side, to try things that were different to the way things have been done, and to believe God for a shift in the tide of smorgasbord spirituality. When I say that, I, I mean there's so much hunger in the world for things of the spirit, and particularly in our region, and it is, it's a smorgasbord. You talk to people that are um, new age and it's a little bit of this and it's a little bit of that and it's just people taking the shiny bits from all of it and it's just this smorgasbord but there's not a standing and a, not a stability in it for these people often it's it's just it's a picking and grazing type of culture spiritually but I felt God saying that there's a shift in that tide coming that people are going to want something to anchor themselves to and to be strong on, that it's not the shifting sands anymore of, of seeking some spirit, but they want going to want the rock of Jesus and that we're equipped in this season. He's just putting out that new grace on us. 
It says, the next bit says, the Lord has poured out a new grace on his children that are seeking but have not yet found him. There's a people out there that have their hearts set to find authentic faith, genuine love that lasts through storms, that anchors the soul and stands brave and strong in the face of adversity. I felt the Lord say that a 40-year cycle has occurred and a generation has arisen has risen of the predominantly unchurched that are now ready to walk away from the wilderness and embrace the promises of disciplines of a loving God in genuine relationship with the Lord. I felt the Spirit go on to to say that as we set our hearts to honouring God and earnestly seek his face and his direction, that he's going to open doors to us and hidden passageways, fast tracks as it were. I believe that those willing to take up the call, that this will be a season of great endeavours, of God-ordained appointments and divine positioning. I felt like there was such a call in the spirit to be strong and courageous and to do it, that it's time. And I've actually written those in big capital letters because it was like, just do it. Take the endeavour. Have courage. Step forward. (laughs) As I said, that one was as we were stepping into the year, but I felt God just bring it back to my memory, say, don't let it fall to the ground. You know, I think for so many of us, we can hear words and and personally we press in and we find God and he speaks to our heart and we put it on the shelf and we forget to war over it. We forget to pray into that promise and to stand on it and, and to see it come to pass. But there's a warfare here. We're called to press in and 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 to take up what God gives us and and push back the enemy. And sometimes it can feel really rocky and bumpy and weedy because we press out the borders of our tent, but there's new weeds and junk and rocks there that we've got to deal with and and clear the ground. But take it. God's equipping us and strengthening us. And it's not in our strength. It's not about who we are. It's all about who he is in us and what he does desperately desperately wants to do in your world with the people that are around you you know in acts 13:36 it talks about king david and it says that he served his own generation by the will of god and each of us need to know that we need to serve our generation by the will of god those people that are right here and right now in our life Because every time we reach out, we don't know what seeds we're laying for eternity. Every time we just come alongside someone and offer them unchanging love and support, a word of truth when they're muddled and confused, and we just listen to what the Spirit is doing in that moment and come alongside and offer it. God is moving And I really do feel like he's saying, I've created fast tracks in the spirit. Those little hidden passageways to cut through so many layers of junk that so many people are carrying around. But one word of the Lord that can sneak straight through all of that and into their heart can transform everything. And he's putting his spirit in us that we can be his arms and his feet doing it. We are all together, as I said, 
one body in God, in Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians, it says, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. I was. (laughs) I was growing up led, but I was always looking for something spiritual. I thought it was all roads lead to Rome, (laughs) really, for spiritually. Oh, it's all the same God, I used to say, just different names. Till the Holy Spirit came, of course. It says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And you know, that's not a comprehensive list. By the same Spirit, we are given so many different giftings to operate and build the kingdom of God. For as the body is is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. It goes on to, that you probably all know it about the foot not saying, well, I'm not a hand and, and so forth. I just feel a call to be released into your individuality in Christ, of who you are. Take off the, the blinkers and the blinders that, that sort of feel like you, you can't look at you. Examine your place and find it and be strong in it. Be stirred in it. Don't compare and don't be discouraged. Lay hold with both hands to that thing for which Christ Jesus also laid hold of you. We are one body, one spirit, with one mission to shine the light of Christ and to faithfully serve our own generation by the will of God. I'm just going to finish with some prayer and I'm going to invite um, you to come and take communion as one body and just as I say we're, we're only small here today but it doesn't matter one bit to God he couldn't care if there's one person in a room or a million we have his ear here today we have his Holy Spirit here today with us And he wants to see you alive, fully alive in him. He wants to see you find your passion again. And for some of us, that can really get hidden. You know, I found um, even last year I was very busy, very busy in the church, very busy in my home. And but I felt like I just went through a time of saying, God. 
where are we? What's next? What's my passion? I felt like that coal in my heart that should have been burning bright had just gone a little bit dull. And I really was pressing into God for it. So where am I going with you? Just open my eyes. But you know, as I pressed in, I just felt the, f- the fan of his love again come and set that flame alight. I felt him affirm my position and where I'm going. He opened a little doorway for me. Every one of us is different. I can't tell you what yours is. Only God can. But as we take communion, I just invite you, maybe you know, but allow God to breathe on it anyway. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you are like me. And I was right there and I was loving God and I was doing faithfully what I knew to do, but I just needed a fresh touch and a fresh encouragement from the Spirit. So as you come and take communion, just crawl out to him. Ask him to meet you right where you're at. Open the way. Hmm. Lord, I do thank you that, that you have called us all together by one Spirit, that same Spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, that now gives life to us, that leads us, that same Holy Spirit that is the counsellor, that is our comforter, that is our joy. And I just pray that you would, as we take communion this morning, that you would remind us that we are one part, one very important part of your whole body, my God. That each one of us is called to something unique something precious in your sight. And I pray, Lord, that you help us in this moment as we step aside here and we seek you to look through all the veils and filters of our experience, to look through the the to-do list, the tasks, and to look fresh upon that thing which you've laid in our heart to be stirred again, that we could rise up in strength, my God. Lord, that by your spirit this morning, as we take communion and remember again that very great body of which you are the head, Lord, that you would pour such an excitement into us to know, my God, that you are positioning your church for something incredible in these days. Lord, that as the world does go darker, we won't be distracted or distressed by those things in the world, but we will be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. Lord, that you're calling us to take dominion, to stretch out, to snatch even from the jaws of death those ones that are perishing, my God. Lord, that we can stand and know that you love us and that you have our back, that you will cover our family and you will definitely deliver on your promises, my God. We thank you today and we celebrate you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm just going to break this one loaf and um, just invite you to come and just take a little bit, just dip it in the cup and, um, and take your communion that way.
And then we might have just a bit more worship, if that's okay, guys. And just connect with the Spirit yourself. Thank you.